Welcome, guys, to the inaugural episode of Snark Tech. I'm one of your hosts, Mel Weezy. You can also call me Mel, and that's Tech Dre. What's up, Tech Dre? What up? What's good? <laughs> so we get a chance to talk to you about your favorite subject in this podcast, Tech Dre, and that's tech. Uh, there was a lot of Apple stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to talk about Nintendo. We're going to talk about the Stadia uh, sales. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in this episode, Tech Dre. So let's talk about, first off, the 800-pound gorilla, which just came out today, and we're talking about the Apple Arcade. And I want to get your impressions about it, because I kind of have some, some impressions about what I think about it. I've only played about three or four of the games, the service. What is your impressions about this, and do you think this is something to compete with, like the Xbox and um, the Xbox Game Pass and stuff like that, or like EA Access, do you think this can compete with those big juggernauts of like gang subscription services? Can it compete with gang subscription services? Absolutely. But as far as it competing with, per se, your traditional console, like an Xbox or PlayStation, I don't think they're trying to compete with those. I think what they're trying to compete with is mobile gaming in general, and maybe Nintendo a little bit, and I'll explain to you why. Everybody knows mobile games, <laughs> for the most part, is, is kind of messed up. And the simple fact that uh, the freemium games, you get them for free, and they want yeah. you to dump money into them, or it's a grind. Or uh, you, you get games, and they have advertisements and stuff. And so the whole idea behind arcade is, is that, hey, you pay this one monthly fee and there's going to be tons of games that you can experience without having ads or having to pay for anything. That one subscription price gets you the full aspect of the games. And the reason why I say it's kind of competing with mobile games in general, because most of the games on arcade are just that. They're mobile experiences, but they don't come with all the fluff of ads or in-game purchases. The other thing where I said they kind of compete with Nintendo, because there are some kind of somewhat hardcore gaming experiences like Oceanhorn 2 is a really nice action-adventure game or RPG that is more on the lines of, say, a Zelda Breath of the Wild. You know, it looks it looks really good, especially being a mobile game. And the fact that Arcade, right now, as of today, iOS 13 dropped on the iPhone. Arcade's only available on the iPhone, but uh, when the 30th comes and iPad OS comes out and TV OS comes out, you'll be able to also use Arcade on your iPad and your Apple TV and they're also bringing support for Arcade to your Mac. So what they're doing is they're putting it in other places. So the reason why I say it competes with the Switch somewhat is because you're going to be able to play it mobily on the go with these devices. It's going to have cloud saves. You can come home and fire up your Apple TV and play it on your TV. And the thing that's really interesting here is, is that a lot of people that are probably going to game already have game systems, whether it be a xbox or a playstation and something you just experienced that you thought was really cool was the fact that you paired up your xbox one controller with your iphone yeah let me just say first of all tech dre uh i don't mean to cut you off but i just want to say jump in real quick and just say that first of all the experience of syncing my controller with the phone was seamless it was easy you just hit the 
pair button on the Xbox controller. And we have to turn it on, first of all, right? Turn it on first, hit the pair button at the top left of the controller, and then you go into your settings, go to your Bluetooth and search for it, and there it is, Xbox wireless controller. I mean, it's very, very simple. Anybody could do this. But uh, I tried it out with the uh, the Spy Hunter-type game, uh, Agent Interceptor, which, first of all, is a great game. Um, and the controls were very responsive. It felt really good, and I'm like, you know what? I can just take my iPhone to work with me, and I can just take my Xbox controller, and I can play mobile gaming at lunch. I don't have to carry on my Switch. Yep. You know, and um, I, I, I'll say this about the I only played three or four of the games on Apple Arcade, not to endorse any one game, but they all felt like they were optimized for the iPhone. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't rather have a controller because I it, when I first started playing them, I just used motion controls or the touch controls. And I'm like, you know what? These games feel optimized for the they feel like they were made for the iPhone. And uh, that's a compliment because some let's just be honest, some of the mobile games don't always translate well to mobile without controls or they're not as intuitive. But all these games feel very intuitive. The sound quality is good of what I've played so far. So it doesn't feel like Tech Dre, they're putting out a bunch of shovelware games just for the sake of meeting at 100 games. And I think right now, like me and you talk, I think well, they're, they're promising 100 games for five bucks a month, but they're around 50 right now. There's another aspect I want to point out, too. Yeah. Is that what I noticed when looking through the games today is that not only do they kind of have games in different categories, whether it's strategy, RPG, adventure, puzzle. Yep. But when you click on these games, they tell you the age group. They tell you if it's for a kid that's 4 plus, 9 plus, 12 years old plus. So you kind of get an idea of a game that maybe your kids should play because um, if you have family share, so let's just say, uh, you have a family and everybody has Apple devices and you have family share set up. If you get Apple Arcade for $4.99 a month, you can share it with everybody in your family. So that value for that $4.99 now becomes an even greater value because maybe you have a little kid who likes the little, like the, they have a game called The Way of the Turtle. It's like a little platformer. Maybe... Your wife wants to play a puzzle game, and maybe you're the hardcore game. It's kind of got something for everybody. And the fact that, here's the thing. The best game console you have is the one that's on you. As much as I love the Switch and as mobile as it is, I don't have the Switch with me 24-7 when I go yep. places. Yep. But guess what is with me 24-7 when I go places? My phone is. Yeah. So it's, I think it's going to catch on. Um, I think people are going to like it. I, I'm just interested to see how the flow of the titles keeps coming. But hey, Apple's throwing money at it. They got the price. I think the price is right. And you know, maybe six months down the road, we'll we'll revisit it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I mean, my first impression, Tech Dre, is this is definitely worth five bucks a month. You're getting. You see the value there. Like you said, you got the variety of type of games. You've got action RPGs, you've got sports games, you've got platformers, you've got a little bit of everything. I saw a Rayman game, so I know, I know there's platformers. Uh, but there's just a variety for every age group, and depending on what you like, it's there. So I'm very impressed with I, I feel like Apple's giving us something that's quality, 
And yeah, they're not triple A experiences in there, but guess what? These are some of the most creative indie games I've seen in a long time. And, and the like thing the, is, too, is they have a lot of big name developers. They got Lego game. They got a Lego Brawl game. That Capcom game. Yep. But the Lego Brawl game, I don't know if you looked at it or tried it, but it's like... Yeah, I did actually try it's, it. It's like taking Smash Brothers if it was a Lego game and melding the two together. It's like a Lego Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty impressed with it. And uh, I definitely recommend if you have an iPhone, you listen to this podcast, try it out. I mean, I got the first 30 days for free. What do you have to lose for trying it out? And I feel like, Tech Dre, this is a way for them to combat xCloud and Stadia and some of the other services. Like, look, it's not going to necessarily steal business from those places, but it's just an alternative, right, of gaming. Well, here's, and, and I, here's the biggest thing about I it. I like the idea of it. The biggest thing about it is is that you don't need an internet. You need an internet connection to download it, but once it's on your device, yeah. you don't have to stream it. It's there. It lives on your device. Yeah, much like Xbox Live uh, Game Pass, uh, once you download the game, you can pretty much play it in that same. I mean, now, let's just be honest. A lot of the Xbox games, you probably do need to be online, but not all of them. Uh, but that same kind of business model, you download it and you just have access to it, right? You have that DRM that basically gives you access to it while you have yep. the service. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff from the Apple press conference last week. There was a really good article that popped up here. Um, let's just talk about iOS 13 for a second. It just came out today. We just downloaded that, to, which enabled us to even try Apple Arcade. And they had an article on Gizmodo Tech, Dre, which actually highlights the 19 things you couldn't do uh, on iOS before 13. Um, like the first thing that me and you both talked about, and you kind of hit me to, which now we can switch between dark mode and light mode. Um, this is a feature I think people have been clamoring for for a long time. I'm kind of surprised it, it took iOS, iOS 13 to get there, but it's pretty cool that we finally got it, right? It's a feature that people yep. want. Uh, another one is that we can now set up a contact profile in iMessage. That's pretty interesting. So you can now share your number and... And all your information, if you like, your first name and last name, that represents you as a contact in iMessage. So when you share your details with other people, they can choose to update their contacts with the info you provided. So to create your profile, they go to messages, share name, and photo in the settings. So it's kind of a quick way, I guess, to exchange information and, um, you know, get people in your phone right away if you want to, you know, hook up that way, I guess. Another thing is now they added AirPods and more to the Memojis. I guess that was something not available before, unless you had what an it's iPhone. Just something, 10. yeah. You just well, emojis have been available since the iPhone ten, but now and 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 basically, emojis like your avatar. Now you're able to accessorize it and add AirPods. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna it's go like run customization. Down. Just stop me if something sounds interesting. I'm just gonna run through these. Like I said, 19 new features. So okay. stop me if one is interesting to you. I'm just going to go through them. Another one is you can mute email threads in Apple Mail now. Uh, you can also do much more of a reminders. They're saying now the reminders to one of the apps to get the biggest overhaul that they change the look of it. It rearranges your reminders in a number of ways along with several other new features. You've got more customization options, easier way to add times and locations to reminders, and better support for natural language like pick up some flowers at 5 p.m. or something like that. 
You can now also, Tech Dre, add favorites and collections in Apple Maps. Um, you can look around in the Apple Street View. Stop right there. Okay. Apple right. Street View. <laughs> this is something that's been huge with Google for a long time. Is Street View. You put in an address, you can go to Street View and look at the business home or what it looks like around there. If anybody remembers when Apple first launched their maps, it was horrible. They have come a long ways in a fast time. They are seriously dumping money and catching up to Google Maps, and I applaud them for it. They've come a long ways. Their maps is actually pretty nice now. Yeah, so that's another feature in 13. You can also reduce cellular and Wi-Fi data use, right? I know you told me earlier you can also update stuff. You can do the updates now via cellular, right? You don't have to use Wi-Fi. Well, it doesn't reduce cellular usage, but it used to be um, a few iterations of iOS ago, you used to be able to not download any apps that were over 100 meg. Then they upped it to 250 meg. If anything was over that, you had to be on Wi-Fi. Now, there is no limit. Now, it'll ask you, hey, this file is such and such. Do you want to download it on cellular? You hit yeah. It doesn't matter if it's 500 megs or 2 gigs or 4 gigs. If you want to download it, it'll use your cellular. So, they kind of took that wall down. So now if you want to download in big apps or whatever, you can do it now. Yep. Another thing you can do, Tech Dre, is also you can do much more with photos and videos. They said now this, with this major upgrade on 13, better navigation, intelligent thumbnails, photos grouped by event, the ability to combine search terms, better control over filter strength, non-destructive video edits, or some of the new features along with editing options, sharpness, white balance, and vibrancy. So if you're a photoog, this is a big deal, right? If you're really into taking photos and shooting footage on your phone. Uh, you can also sign in with Apple. Now so this can, is yeah, a big ahead. deal. Okay. Now to sign in with Apple is a really big deal. I mean, I'll explain to you why. A lot of people are familiar with using their Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, login to sign into websites or even Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what's really cool about this one is, is it says it's safe and secure because it uses disposable email addresses that will forward the information to your real address. So when you sign into a website with Apple, That's actually pretty cool. it doesn't use your real email address. It uses a fictitious one that it creates, but it will forward the info to your real one. So they don't really get your real email address. And it uses two-factor authentication. So it's like a burner email account, basically. <laughs> It'll use like burner email accounts to yeah, keep your yeah. real one safe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, keep you anonymous almost. But uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, another thing they mentioned, uh, Tech Dre, we've already talked about this at the, at the very beginning of the podcast that I'm very impressed with. It's already got two thumbs up from, t from me, and that's the Apple arcade which you can try for free for a month i signed up today i know you signed up uh, i'm pretty impressed with it uh you know it's not 100 games yet but you can already tell that they're going for quality over quantity right they're, they're trying to put out the best um mobile applications and games they can so people can feel like they're getting value for that five bucks a month um which like you said every week that that's going to grow right they're going to put out new games every week on the apple arcade Yep, absolutely. Uh, the next thing is now you can cut and copy and paste with gestures. You can manipulate text uh, 
by just selecting the uh, copy of the text. You can pinch on the screen with three fingers to cut the same text, pinch it on the screen with three fingers again. To paste the text, pinch out with three fingers when the cursor is on the right point. And then there's also new gestures how to undo it. A three-finger swipe left or redo, three-finger swipe, swipe right. Um, I didn't even know about this. This is pretty interesting. So are you familiar with the, uh, the way that you've been able to undo stuff for the longest? Or you just shake your phone? Yeah, yeah. So this is like going to be a little bit easier i guess or quicker i guess it's just uh, another well, way to do it basically. another, another way yeah yeah, yeah. uh another thing tech dre the 13th thing is do much more with notes uh they're getting a lot of features with uh this now you got a new gallery view you've got visual thumbnails you can share folders to make collaboration easy so hey that's how we can do the podcast now we can just share uh you can just share the notes in uh in in, in apple now there you go collaborate with the podcast so that, that's uh that's on the the checklist here and the new checklist options are also available within the notes and also improved search function to help you look for text identified inside images uh automatically close down idle tabs and safari that's a pretty interesting one because that's going to help performance right if it just starts closing well stuff down so a lot you, of right? times people will leave tabs open for something they want to come back to but then you know a week or, or days go by and then it, do it doesn't matter anymore before you know it you could have 100 or 200 tabs open and what you can do is go in there and set it to where after a day a week or a month or whatever you choose it'll automatically shut down tabs that have been sitting there for that length of time or you can turn it off and leave it like it's always been Okay, and another one, uh, find devices even when they're offline. Now, that's pretty cool. I don't know how they're going to do this. Um, it sounds like it, you have to disable the feature for iPhone by going to settings and find my, find my iPhone. But basically, when it, comes to, when it comes to these devices, when they're offline, thanks to an anonymous encrypted Bluetooth mesh network, Apple bills between registered devices, you can actually now track devices that are offline i think that's pretty pretty cool um especially if you lost something and it's the battery's dead right yeah um take photos in high key light mono so basically the high key light mono attempts to separate your subjects in the background then paste in a completely white background then it looks like it works very well from portrait mode you can slide the selector wheel to to the left to find this option. Like if you see like a lot of high quality photos, Tech Dre, the actual person they're focused on will be in focus and the background will be kind of like out of focus, right? It kind of gives this effect of That's making the like larger the bokeh effect. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they got more stuff with that. You can also set reading goals. So you can actually set uh, one of the things you can do now uh, in the reading now tab, you can set a target of how much reading you want to get through each day and the book tabs you want to keep open for this and tells you how many minutes you got to read for and how far you've got still to go. That's pretty cool. Type with the swipe. So now you can type on the keyboard just by tapping and holding on the keyboard, then swipe over the letters you want to type. Or you can still so, type on the keys the old fashioned way too if you want so they did allow this you could download and install other keyboards but now it's natively in the normal apple keyboard you can swipe okay and then now you can also choose wi-fi now networks over the control center i didn't even know this was a thing but i guess you can do that now you can just 
choose a network, long press on the Wi-Fi icon, then long press on the Wi-Fi icon again, and you can turn on the Wi-Fi on and off in the control center as before with a single tap on the icon, but the added tweak in 13 is a useful new feature. So you no longer have to go into the iOS settings to do this. You can do it right from the uh, control center now. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then I guess the other updates are coming out, what, September 25th? That's the one for Apple Arcade and iOS, the, the one for the new iPhone? Uh, no. For what now? There's Okay, so it says... Apple has bumped the release of 13 iOS 13.1 to September 24th. Okay, so that's another, that's a whole new update. That's a whole new update. iOS, well, see, here's the deal. So they now they've separated normal iOS from iPad. iPad now has its own OS called iPad OS. It's a heavier version of iOS, which is going to uh, make the iPad more like a you know traditional PC or computer. It's going to bring more features, have desktops, uh, quality browsing. Uh, and, you know, they already have an OS just for the Apple TV called TVOS. And the watch has its own OS called WatchOS. So now the iPad is getting its own separate OS from the iPhone because basically... The iPhone and iPad were sharing the same OS, and everything that they put into that iOS for for the iPad was living in the in the OS for the iPhone, and vice versa. So now they're separating the two, which is actually the right right way to do it. Okay. Now, before we move on to talking about Nintendo and Stadia and stuff, Tech Dre, is there anything about the Apple keynote event last week that you want to mention besides the iPhone 11 and uh, the Apple TV service, they showed off a few, and then they showed a trailer for one of their new shows coming out called C with Jason Momoa in it. It's coming out, I think, November 1st. Uh, they showed that there's not going to be a whole lot of content at launch, but the Apple TV is a thing, and they're going to be competing with uh, the other streaming services. Is there anything else that you want to highlight from that keynote address that you thought really stood out to you that you felt like you want to cover? Uh, you know, not specifically with the shows and stuff. I will say this. Um, unlike maybe uh, shows you've seen, say, for instance, on uh, Prime Video or Netflix or Hulu, uh, these original shows have Hollywood stars. Apple didn't go out and just find some randos to make stars out of. They went and <laughs> grabbed actual Hollywood people, and their whole stick is quality over quantity so we know netflix pumps out material constantly but it's not exactly always great material and so apple is saying hey we're not going to pump out tons of material like netflix but what we're going to do is make sure what we're putting out is actually really good so it's going to be interesting to see uh, if this material really is good what did you think about the the new uh the new camera on the back of the iPhone 11, like the, the everybody's making fun of it, talking about they're freaking out about the three cameras on there. And I guess it's like the most powerful camera. You can shoot 4K. So it's on the iPhone on 11, 11. Well, they've been able to K on iPhones for years now and a lot of other phones. Uh, the big thing is, is uh, it has the ultra wide lens camera now. So you have your wide lens, ultra wide and a telephoto. Um, if you're getting, that's if you're getting the 11 Pro or Pro Max. If you're getting the 11, you just get the ultra wide and the wide lens. You don't get the telephoto. 
But the thing is, the big thing about this year with the iPhone, with the photography, is the night mode. It's all about the night mode. I mean, literally, if you're taking a picture in a dimly lit room or at nighttime outside, it really looks like what you're seeing. Most phones can't take a nighttime picture and it look like what you're literally looking at. This camera on this new phone can actually do that. And so uh, photography on this new iPhone is a big deal. And uh, Apple is actually trademarking the term slofies, which is a slow motion selfie. Uh, oh, wow. Which you can do with the front camera on there. You can take these real, you know, nice slow motion selfie videos and stuff on the front. So it's, they got some pretty cool features. Um, not enough for me to upgrade from my phone, but, uh, you know, with with these features and maybe whatever they bring next year, I'll probably upgrade next year. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see 5G with the next iPhone. I'm hoping that a year from now they're going to have one with 5G. That's what I'm really waiting for. I really want a phone with 5G. I mean, so not that we know 100% for sure, but it's pretty much a given. They will do that, and that's kind of what I'm waiting on. Um, five, And I'm kind of waiting on 5G to take off, you know. Is there 5G? Yeah, in a few places. And there's a few 5G phones, but there's it's not enough to make me jump, you know, right now. No, I totally agree. So anyways, let's move away from that, and let's talk about some of the stuff Nintendo's been doing here lately. They announced, well, the one thing which is kind of like creeped out, the, the, the patent, which showed this new curved Joy-Con design. This just kind of came out because of a patent. Um, I think this is kind of funny, Tech Dre, that they're, they're experimenting with the Joy-Cons. They've had issues with Joy-Con drift on the, you know, a Nintendo Switch 1.0, the original iteration of it. Do you think it's a good idea for them to do more experimentation when they've historically had problems with the Joy-Cons? Is this a good idea to go into this direction of making more ergonomic uh, curved Joy-Cons? I don't know. I just think that they're asking for trouble. They've already had problems with it. I think it's interesting. Well, let me say this. I, I, don't think, I don't think there's a problem with them looking at making more ergonomic versions of the Joy-Con. I think, um, number one, they should be working on fixing Joy-Con drift. But in doing so, there's nothing wrong with them creating a more ergonomic Joy-Con. But in the same token, just fix the drift also. Um, the curved Joy-Cons do look more comfortable. They look more natural, like you're holding a normal controller, but you know, but you can hold the screen in a, in a way that it's it's facing you while having a you know more comfortable hand grip on the Switch itself. Gotcha, gotcha. So another thing that Nintendo uh, announced here recently, uh, <laughs> Nintendo always likes to do weird stuff, right? They uh, they did the. Um, Nintendo Labo, what about a year or so ago? They got the Labo thing came out and they had the different, you could make the robot, you could make a fishing pole, you could do all these different things with cardboard. And it looked cool, Tech Dre, but I don't know that it was a runaway success, right? I don't know that it was like a, a widely adopted peripheral for the Switch. It was interesting. I thought they were cool looking, but a lot of YouTubers who I watched put that stuff together had a heck of a time assembling that stuff. And uh, getting it to work. It just seemed like it was very difficult to get off the ground and use. Like, I, I saw some YouTubers just basically scrap it in the middle of the video, just give up on it, and just, like, do something more simple with it. 
uh, to, to make it functional. But now they're trying to get in, back into the exercise thing. Uh, I guess they didn't learn their lesson with the Wii Foot Fit Board uh, a couple generations ago. And that was actually a success. I'm making jokes about it, Tech Dre, but I know the Wii Fit was actually a, a mild success. But now they're coming next month, they're going to come out with the Ring Fit Adventure, which is an $80 accessory with, uh, which is aimed toward exercise, right? It's a ring con, which it's a Joy-Con equipped leg strap, which will transform any physical activity you do into in-game actions. It's kind of like, I mean, it's pretty reminiscent of like the Wii type stuff that they did with the Wii a couple generations back. Uh, but basically, it's going to be able to quantify your movements, how hard you squeeze it. It's going to basically be able to quantify that and then transfer it on the screen. And this is going to be a way for you to exercise. Um, I don't know what you think about it. I think it's I'll say this. It's not for I'll me, say this. But <laughs> I, do I think it will be more accurate and better than the exercise stuff they had in the Wii? Absolutely. Joy-Cons are more accurate than the Wii modes. Okay. Um, that being said, um, the Wii was a phenomenon. They were you putting Wii's in in uh, nursing homes for older people to do like Wii sports and stuff. Play, take and play bowling on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Switch, as great as it's selling, it's not the mass phenomenon that the Wii was. So. Although the Switch is probably more capable of doing this task of being for exercising, I don't think a lot of people are going to take advantage of it or use it. I think Nintendo is just going nuts with these peripherals. I think they need to keep focusing on the gaming because gaming, what they've been focusing on to this point, is what's made the Switch sell very well. But I think that they want that casual audience, Tech Dre. They want that casual money, and they want the hardcore, right? I mean, they want the people playing Zelda and 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 uh, you know uh, Super Smash Brothers and stuff like that. They want the hardcore audience, but they also want casuals who are not going to buy a Switch to play Mario. They're going to buy it to do exercise <coughs> or do other weird stuff. Well, let me say them. this: We Sports, know? We Sports was that killer app. It was. It made everybody. It was the best it. game on the Wii. <laughs> Easily. Wii Sports was the killer app that made people buy the Wii. Here's my here's what the point I'm making. In order to get that casual crowd who bought the Wii, what's your killer casual app to draw that crowd in? Because let's just be honest, there are no games for the Wii Motes where you're bowling or swing or playing tennis. To me, if Nintendo wants to grab that crowd. They need to come out with like a Wii Sports 2 or a Switch Sports HD or something. Come out with a newer <laughs> iteration of those games, a more higher fidelity, uh, more intuitive. You got a more accurate Wii uh, Switch uh, Joy-Con is more accurate than a Wiimo. Why not come out with a newer iteration uh, of, of, that, of those games to grab that crowd? Okay, and just some other things, some details about this tech, Dre. They're, they're touting this as a natural way to enjoy regular exercise. They're saying the Ring Fit Adventure also includes a mini-game mode and traditional guided exercise sets for those not interested in explanation, exploration or creature battles. 
so I, I think they're definitely aiming for a casual audience, but think about it. They've also got the Switch Lite coming out tomorrow. I just think Nintendo's throwing anything at the wall in this fourth quarter to boost the sales of the Switch before 2020. Because they already know next year is a new generation. There's going to be a new Xbox Scarlet. There's going to be the PlayStation 5. So they're ramping up and trying to milk as much as they can before they have to do the Switch 2.0, right? Uh, so I just think this is just Nintendo throwing stuff at the wall. They've had to push back some games and stuff. So they're just trying to really, uh, you know, just increase their profits. But I know I saw something earlier, an article that said with the announcement and with the release of the Switch Lite, their stock like went up through the roof because the Switch Lite is coming out. So, <laughs> yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. And it's basically, let's just be honest, it's going to replace the 2DS and the 3DS. It's going to basically put an end to oh, all the other handheld devices they put out. So I don't know if you've, Make looked, them obsolete. At, if you've looked at the 2DS or 3DS lately, but man, the graphics. <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't compare it to the Switch, man. The oh, Switch my is like, and speaking of graphics, I thought about this before we recorded and I had to think about the graphics on the, the iPhone with these new Apple arcade games. Some of the really beautiful games, Tech Dre, to me, look better than Xbox 360 and probably as good as PS3. They don't look as quite as good as current generations, but they're like right in between last gen and this gen. So um, I'm impressed. What they, these games look optimized and look great. And I feel like they are trying to compete with, like, maybe Nintendo. They're not going to compete with Xbox and PlayStation. We both know that. But maybe they are trying to compete with Nintendo a little bit. More of the casual audience, mobile. Well, and that's what gaming. I said. I think they're competing with mobile in general. Uh, because most mobile de developers, it's a cash grab. And mobile games have gotten to the point to where it's uh, it's very hard to just buy a game and yeah. have the game without having to sink more money into it or deal with ads. Apple is basically saying, hey, we're going to set you up with an experience where you don't have all these ads or we're not trying to sell you. So this is one of the biggest things I see now. You download these free games on iOS, right? Or Android. And... Um, these games are free. Not only do these games have ads, a lot of the ads are other games that these developers make. So they keep throwing all their different games until you download another one of their games. And guess what? When you're playing that game, you watch more ads for other games that they develop. And it's just a never-ending cash grab. Because when you get those games, if you want to shut that off, you got to pay to get rid of the ads and stuff. So it's Apple Arcade is kind of refreshing for mobile game. I agree. I agree. It takes the uh, predatory practices out of mobile gaming, <laughs> you know, the mobile experience, which is really cool. Exactly. Uh, the, the last thing I want to talk about, Tech Dre, before we get out of here, I, I want to keep this episode nice and short. It's our first episode. Uh, the Stadia, right? I mean, we heard a lot of comparison about the Stadia this summer. xCloud's coming out next month. Uh, Stadia has kind of had some a little bit of quiet hype behind it because Google's making it. Um, and there was an article yesterday, I think, on IGN and a lot of different outlets reported that the Premiere Edition, the Founders Edition, is almost sold out. Like, that's kind of a nothing burger, right? I mean, the fact that they're reporting it almost sold out. 
Like, are they just trying to make more hype by saying, hey, guys, it almost sold out. So this To is me, it's kind of hype. Like, hey, it's almost sold out. It's, it's, you better get yours while you can because there ain't many left. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, after playing Apple Arcade with my Xbox controller, I'm kind of good on the, the whole Stadia thing because I wanted Stadia to play console-quality games. But if I can play pretty decent, fun games, and i tell you what they put me in the mind of. I, I forgot to mention this. They remind me of the old Xbox Summer Arcade games used to come out for the Xbox 360. They weren't AAA games, right? They weren't like the big franchises or whatever, tentpole franchises, but they were these little great little indie games that were just fun, right? They were just fun games. Well, and they were on the go, games. that's on what your it reminds device, me of. That's all you need, you know? Yeah. That's what, that's, that's what it seriously reminds me of. But Google. I mean, you talked about this before the podcast. Google has always tried to get out. They've always had these fantastic tech ideas. Everything from Google Fiber to Google Plus to uh, Google Goggles. Was it no, Google Glass? And they've always prematurely pulled out on some of these ventures they jumped into. And so I just well, don't have a strong feeling about Stadia <coughs> that's going to stick around for the long haul. Let me, let, let me say this also about Stadia. When Google first came out of nowhere and, and announced Stadia, I was excited. A lot of people were excited. I was excited, too. Because they were saying, hey, you're going to be able to use this on Android devices. You're going to be able to use this on Apple devices, on iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, man. So no matter what you got, you can pretty much run this service. So I was kind of of the mind to get the Founders Pack. Well, guess what? After their initial announcement, in the coming weeks after that, more information came out. Well, come to find out at launch, or in, when it does launch, it's only going to work on Google devices. It's only going to work on Chromebooks. It's only going to work on the Chromecast Ultra on your TV. And the only phones it is going to work on is the Pixel 3, the Pixel 3 XL and the Pixel 3a. So See, that's not a even, super bogus. So man. here's the deal. Super bogus. Even when it comes to Android, they're not going to be supporting the Samsung phones, the LG phones, the Huawei phones, or whatever you own. They're only going to support their Pixel phones. And so to me, this was a point of contention because for me, Stadia. The biggest thing for me was to be able to play it on my iPad or iPhone on the go. And so Google had, a, you know, let the cat out the bag that that was going to be the case. They weren't going to bring support for those other devices till later. So after these articles came out about the Founders Pack either selling out or almost selling out, I went back and looked on their website. Once mm -hmm. again, they prominently say Android devices and iOS devices running iOS 11 or, uh, or higher. So I'm like, okay, did they change their mind and decide to start supporting more devices when it launches? No, <laughs> if you dig into it deeper, if you keep reading in the fine print, you'll find it where it says it's only going to support the Pixel, the Pixel phones and the Chromecast Ultra. So they're still doing that. Now they're just being a little sneakier about it and not really being forthcoming about what what devices they're going to support on day one. 
Yeah, and, and that's the shady thing about it, right? I mean, they're not being upfront about it. They're almost trying to hide it from people and say, hey, go you ahead almost, and get the stadium, guys. You, listen, We're eventually so, going to come to iOS and Android, but right now you got to have a Google device. So here's <laughs> the other part. When you... When they first came, when it first came out that you were going to have to have a Google device, you could Google that and find articles all day long. So today, I actually Googled to see if there was any articles about that. And you virtually, they've pretty much cleaned it up. You virtually cannot find any articles that state that you have to have a Pixel device or a Google device in order to use that service. They pretty much watched it to where it's hard to find out that they're only going to support their own devices from day one. Yeah, and, and I, that's what I feel like Google is missing out on. Like, I have, I, I respect what they're trying to do as far as supporting their ecosystem, but then you're limiting the people who are going to well, buy this thing day one because I'm so not going to buy so it. This, so this is what's going to happen. To use on I, Pixel. <clears throat> do I think there's people who understand that you got to have Pixel devices? Yes. But I guarantee you half or more of the people who bought the Founders Edition do not know this. And what you're going to have is, is once it launches, within the first few people. days, yes, you're going to have people... Doing reviews, they're going to oh, be dude. highly upset. They're going to be on Twitter eating their lunch. So that Founders <laughs> Edition comes with a controller and a Chromecast Ultra. So they're going to be able to play it at home on their TV. But the, to me, the biggest selling point of Stadia is that you can play, play it anywhere on the go. On the go. Yeah, yeah, I So agree. when people, they're going to get, get it at home and try it out. This is great. They're going to play it on their TV. But as soon as they leave the house and start trying to figure out how to get it going on their phone, and they realize that, that nice new Galaxy S10 or, or, or Galaxy Note 10 they got or whatever other device, LG or whatever, when they realize that, guess what, I can't use Stadia on there or their brand new iPhone 11 Pro, people are going to be highly upset. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. And I feel like what's going to happen is it's going to have the anthem effect. They're going to get all these people hyped about the product, and when they realize that, hey, it's not supporting everything, the hype is going to die down. And if they don't, if they don't capture light in a bottle with this, they're going to lose steam quick, and it's going to, it's going to go, people are going to turn to xCloud. Oh, xCloud is going to work with pretty much everything day one. You, you don't have to necessarily pay for it if you got an Xbox One. I just think that for, for what it is, I'm going to be trying xCloud way before I try Stadia. And eventually, at some point, I do want to go somewhere and test if, if they have it at Best Buy or somewhere where we can test it and maybe review it on the podcast and like maybe compare our experience with xCloud versus Stadia. Like, look, I've heard good things about both of them. I heard the latency is very low. They're seamless. The Stadia works great. And that's great and all, but you need to put it in the, as many hands as possible. You know, Nintendo could have said, hey, we're only going to put our mobile games on one platform. But they understood the market was, hey, we want to put our mobile games in as many hands as possible. So we're going to release it on iOS and Android. You don't want to alienate, you know, a half half of your audience. But anyways, I don't want to beat that dead horse. I mean, we'll, we'll come back and revisit at some point. I mean, Stadia is coming out, what, November 1st? So we'll have a little time yep. to come back and, and talk about it again. So that's all I got, Tech Dre, for the first episode of uh, Snarf Tech. Snarf? 
And uh, snarf. He didn't do a snarf throughout the whole episode. Snarf. I'm a little disappointed. But uh, that's it, guys. If you guys want to send us any feedback on the podcast, we do have an email address. It's snarf tech. That's S N A R F tech T E C H podcast at gmail.com. Or just hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Wheezy at Mel Wheezy. <laughs> He's at geekly underscore tech underscore Dre. Anything else before we get out of here, tech? You got any uh, shout outs or anything you want to say before we close up the podcast? <laughs> shout out to tech in general. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning tech into All right, man. We out. All right, we out, guys. Peace. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology, always and forever.